0: Today is Cinco de Mayo, my name is Ned, and these are my five things. Number one, Mothra. I don't know what a giant wood moth is. Strike that, the name explains exactly what it is. It's a giant moth that lives on wood. Giant isn't hyperbole here, it's effing huge. I didn't realize that moths could get this big. They're not that rare, but people rarely see them, at least according to the article from The Guardian. But this little lady flew into an Australian school and she's as big as a ham. I'm just flabbergasted and delighted. I didn't know something like this existed. It's always great when you find new things. And now I'm expecting to find a Godzilla of similar size so they can fight. You were wondering why I entitled this one Mothra, weren't you? Number two, the fifth anniversary of A Moonshaped Pool. I've made no secret of my love of Radiohead. In fact, I celebrate their entire catalog as if they were a modern Michael Bolton. It's the fifth anniversary of their last album. I loved A Moonshaped Pool, and it's one of my favorites. And at the time of its release, I made sure to get tickets for the tour with the assumption that this was their last album, that this may be their last tour. They perfected so many songs. Silent Spring, True Love Waits, songs that had been around for 25 years. And then they introduced new songs like the lead single Burn the Witch, which has a wonderful stop motion video, which I linked to and I just, it has such a weird vibe. This happened while Brexit was going on or the vote for Brexit was being prepared and it gave the video a certain strength. Anyway, the writer of this article posits that he would not be surprised if A Moonshaped Pool is Radiohead's last album, and I would be okay with that. It's not that I'm ready to move on, but I think they're ready to move on. Ed O'Brien's solo album was wonderful, Tom York's last solo album was interesting, and I'm still a little irked that I missed going to see the tour due to COVID. But I'd be okay if Radiohead left us with just what they had. I don't need Radiohead to be the Eagles or the Who. They were the most important band in the world, and I don't know if the world needs important bands anymore. Number three, High Meat. I absolutely love this story. I love the idea of willfully stupid people doing willfully stupid things for my amusement. It's as if the people in the story decided to ask their smart device, Hey Alexa, what's the best way to get botulism? Here's something I found on the web. See? To Alexa, stop. Sorry, let me rewind. People are recording themselves eating rotten meat in order to get high from it, as well as to add beneficial flora and fauna to their gut. There are proponents of this who do it while admitting there's no scientific rationale for this to happen. This isn't fermented meat, this isn't cured meat, this isn't dried meat like jerky. This is rotten meat, and they are willingly eating it. Reading this made me think that these people have too much time, too much money, and too many options. because. To engage in this behavior is just terrible. Awful, terrible people, and they get exactly what they deserve. Number four, Stephen Fry in the New York Times. Stephen Fry is one of those actors that's just always been around. He seems smart, he is affable, And, well, I don't know if we would be friends, but I would love to be at a dinner party with him. In the New York Times Magazine, there was a long and ranging interview with him about exactly who he is at this moment. And his friendship with Christopher Hitchens and how Hitch would relate to Ben Shapiro. I'll let you in on a secret. Fry doesn't think his good friend Hitch would like Shapiro. I happen to agree and he touches on his marriage, and his celibacy of choice during the AIDS crisis. It's a far better world because Stephen Fry is in it. Number five, I am all in with Scott Patterson. And this is my new thing today. I've only listened to the first episode. Well, only one episode's been released. Scott Patterson, for seven years, played Luke on the Gilmore Girls. I really enjoy the Gilmore Girls. I like the witty repartee, sort of like the West Wing, but with higher stakes. And one of the reasons the show works is Scott Patterson's Luke is there to remind the viewer, as well as Lorelai and Rory Gilmore, that they are patently ridiculous. It's what makes the show work. It makes the show enjoyable. Scott interviews Yannick Truesdale, played Michelle in the first episode. And it's a little rough, but it's very engaging. And I think if you're a fan of the Gilmore Girls, a fan of Luke Danes, and a fan of revisiting 20-year-old television programs, you should check it out. And those were my five things. Thank you very much for listening. I apologize for this episode going up so very late in the morning. I had contractors in the house and couldn't get the recording done. And I had some personal issues last night, so I couldn't get my script written. Hopefully, that will all be taken care of, and the episode will will go up at 8 o'clock in the morning going forward. If you like this podcast, please rate it and subscribe on your platform of choice. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email me. All links to the things discussed can be found in the episode description. Be well. Be safe. Be happy.